Good morning, everyone. Good morning and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cooled Podcast. Yes, we're back. We disappeared last week. Um, Steve, good morning. Hi, mate. How you going? Okay, who's to blame for last week? Because I had a few people reach out to me saying, was everything okay? And I really appreciate the concern. I'm happy to, I'm happy to take the blame. <laughs> I went away for a couple of days. Steve went on a holiday. If you can call it a holiday. Um, it was my sister-in-law's 40th. We, as in my myself, my direct family, as in my wife and kids, plus uh, my wife's family have not ventured out much at all. Hired a Airbnb house um, to celebrate my sister-in-law's 40th. And it was, it got off to a shocking start. Anyone out there who's willing to listen, do not, <laughs> do not, do not, do not deal with Alessandro Dream Homes. Dream Homes, my ass. Um, <laughs> We got to a house that wasn't cleaned. I had to kind of, um, I had to kind of get down on my hands and knees and clean a five-bedroom house in two hours with very little kind of stuff. It was just a nightmare. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So the place where Steve went, um, I have lots of family who live in that area. Can we say the area, Steve, oh. or not? Yeah, sure, sure. Go for it. Yeah, sure. so Steve got an Airbnb in Buff Point. And when he told me it was Buff Point, anyone in Sydney or New South Wales will know where I'm probably talking about. I just said Budgeoy because I always know Buff Point as Budgeoy. I never think of it as Buff Point. To me, it's just Budgeoy. No, I had no idea where it was. I didn't yeah, it. but my um, my oh, niece lives there and uh, there's a certain smell that comes off the lake there on the Central Coast in certain areas. And when it comes yes, off it the lake... it smells like ass. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> and I told Steve in the first message he sent me, I think that first evening, wasn't it? He said, your yeah, niece was right about like the lake. Yeah. So. <laughs> anyway, um, we jump straight in. Uh, my name is Michael Bath. That's Steve on the other end. If you haven't been here before, <laughs> welcome to the Porsche School Podcast. Um, like I said last week, um, Steve went on his uh, little um, Airbnb holiday, um, and I decided that it's probably best just to skip a week. I was having a few uh, <laughs> a few issues myself, which I won't talk about. But I was having a few dilemmas. So um, we're back this week anyway. So um, I apologise for no Don't episodes last ever. week. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot going on last week, so um, in my head more so than outside my head, so that was probably the problem. Steve. Yep. You know, in our last episode, I want to go straight into this because I know you got strong yep. a strong opinion about it. In our last episode, you know, you said that the Macan wasn't a real Porsche. You actually said that. You said you don't see it as a real Porsche. And I said, you know, uh-oh, we're going to get so much feedback about that. Surprisingly, Did you get feedback? Surprisingly, no one disagreed with you. I had no messages about it. No one was upset that you said that. So I guess there's not a lot of love for the for the Macan. Now everyone probably knows, and I'm guessing this is a worldwide release that the new Macan, new, it's not really new. It's it's the let's I'm going to call it the runout Macan because that's what happens when you get to the end, right? The Macan T was launched, Steve. Now when I first saw this, I thought, okay, I'm misreading this. Surely they're not putting the T on a Macan. What do you think? What a travesty! (laughs) (laughs) What are they doing? It's like, um. You know, like I didn't, I still, I know like the 911T, um, the 991 um, was quite well received. And at first everybody was a little bit cynical, which and I always one of those because it's like, oh, is this a marketing exercise? Yeah, I was as like, well. Like, is it really going to make enough of a difference? Then, you know, people got a hold of them, journos got into them, people, you know, normal people. Is it like David with the touring? He had one, didn't he? Yes. Lots he of people a- kind of jumped into it and then, um seems like everybody um, sort of felt like it was a, you know, great model un, unto its own. 
and it sort of referenced sort of more like a enthusiast, slightly more lightweight kind of spec car. But how on earth can you do that on the McCann? Who's gonna who's gonna care that the sort of like mini SUV thing is sort of a little bit lighter? Mm. Is that is that how it's been spec? Well, you know, in the thing that I read and the couple of things that I read, I took a few notes. You know, it's about in Australia, I think it starts at ninety one and a half thousand. It's still the four cylinder, right? So it's still the two liter. Yep. I mean, the two it liter. Is the it's one not, not to get. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the S engine. It's a two liter. I know you say it's not the one to get, but when I'm in yep. the North Shore here in Sydney. Um, yep. <laughs> when I go to, you know, uh, Natasha's yep. parents, my in-laws house, we see yep. so many Macans and I see so many base Macans and they're new ones. It's very weird. Like it seems like see the ba- people do it. Don't price. get me wrong. I do actually see why people do it. It's a different market to probably the type of person that's listening to this podcast. Like, you know, it's it like as SUVs kind of go, it's a nice car. Like, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sort of saying that I hate like um, my wife's car or anything. Not at all. I'd be like a spot brat if I did. Um, it's just a very different sort of thing. So like for an SUV, um, I prefer it to, you know, Audis and Tourags and Volvos and all of that sort of stuff for sure. But um, what I sort of feel as a Porsche, you know, in terms of more like a sports car or whatever else, like I just don't quite see how it, it doesn't sort of marry up. Yeah, and this T, the T nameplate thing is a little bit weird um, because mm. we all know the T comes from 1967 or 8, right? 1967 or 1968, 911 T. 1968, uh-huh. I think it was, you know, which was uh-huh. the air-cooled, you know, air-cooled engine, you know. Then they added the T to the 718. Even on the T on the 718, I thought was a little bit odd, to be honest with you. I just thought Did it should just... reviews? can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember seeing much about it as it just disappeared. But, you know, the T stands for touring, right? The T stands for touring. So I guess touring on an SUV kind of makes sense. Only, but, I mean, you know, to get to offer a – to offer a, this is the article I've read, an especially authentic driving experience thanks to the precise tuning, exclusive equipment and efficient engines. It's like, mm. okay, but you're giving the two-liter engine. You're giving it um, – you're giving it – what are they giving it? They're giving it – it's a PDK, obviously. They're giving it better um, suspension. They're giving it – it's lowered by 15 millimeters compared to right. the entry-level Macan, has PASM, electronic active, active adaptive dampers, can't speak. Yep. And then it says the front anti, the anti-roll bars on the front axle are more rigid and the car's chassis tuning has been optimised for agile handling and very responsive steering behaviour. What do you think of that comment, Steve, after driving a turbo Macan? What, a bunch of bollocks? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, That's uh, what I thought. Well, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess that, um, you know, like when we went out and got um, our used McCann, we did go and test drive a Turag. Uh, we test drove a Turag, a Volvo. I can't remember what else. Um, and, yeah, for sure, like the McCann handling is more like a sedan than like any other SUV I've driven. So I do appreciate it for that. But, um, you know, like to sort of say that it's sort of, um, you know, like you're never going to take that thing and punt it down, um, you know, the old Pacific Highway or anything like that, you know. Um, no. I think when we bought when we bought the car, we went for a trip up to Mudgy and Orange kind of thing and I think um, my wife fell asleep in the car so I kind of started to cane it a little bit more. And... 
there's some bits that are kind of fun, like in that car, because there's masses, massive amount of torque. So, um, you know, it's quite powerful and everything. But what I say, it's fun, like driving, say, my mum's old C63, which I, I, I've done the same drive to Mudgee in. Um, no, like I much prefer to drive that. Or, you know, it, it just doesn't kind of compare to me, like to a good sort of um, sports sedan. I would still prefer a sports sedan or wagon over um, an SUV. Do you think, though, driving the Macan Turbo, because it is a turbo, yep. does that make you think, hey, maybe I should maybe I should look at 991 turbos? You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about this a bit later, but should, yeah, we, sure, should sure. you look at a 991 turbo because of the, like you said, the, the turbo boost, so to speak, and also being in Marco's oh. car and knowing how Marco's car has that turbo boost? Does that turbo thing become more appealing to you? Mm, I'm not... I'm not, I think probably depends on the usage, I guess. Like for a for a fun weekend Sunday kind of cane it down old pack highway or something like that, um, I think I would probably still prefer a um, naturally aspirated car because I sort of feel like it makes you sort of rev it harder and hang on to gears and all of that sort of stuff, um, which is probably just more engaging, I guess is the word. Yeah. Um, but You've heard me talk about my 1M before, and that was a turbo. That was the first sort of yes. turbocharged M car. And I was really surprised at how fun that thing was. Um, uh, so, like, I'm certainly not kind of saying, hey, turbo car, old turbo cars are shit, not at all. Um, but I think, you know, like, if you're kind of talking more like a family truckster or whatever, um, you can definitely sort of see um, why a turbocharged engine is appealing. Um, but I probably would kind of go for like a, if I had the choice, if I, if I was in the market again, I would still probably kind of look for a V8 more yeah. more so than a turbo because I just like the sound and um, the characteristics of that type. Of Maybe thing. you should look at a V8 Cayenne. Yeah, well, my uncle's got a GTS. Speaking of that, the Cayenne, you said your uncle had a Cayenne. Yeah. You know, I met I met Steve's uncle for the first time yesterday. Um, Steve's uncle is also... Well, second. Second time I met him at Steve's wedding. I met him at Steve's wedding, but we didn't have a conversation. Yesterday we had bits and pieces of conversation because it was quite busy where we went. And we, uh, Steve and I are going to talk about that in a second. We went to the Duck and and Whale car meet in Sydney at Clontarf Reserve, is it? Clontarf Reserve, is that what they call it? Uh, Yeah. Beautiful spot. Um, I realized I had been there before and Steve had mentioned it to me. We'd been there many years before I went there with with Steve. I think Natasha came along as well. I proposed to my wife there. To the concourse. Did you? Yeah. Wow, you, didn't tell, you should have told us that when we were there. We should have brought a bottle of champagne down, celebrated. I did the first time and then um, when I proposed and um, I had a sip and I think I went bright red because I can't hold my, my liquor because <laughs> of my Asian genes. It's a lovely spot down there, that's for sure. It is. But we'll get into this. We'll get into the, into the duck and whale event because it was quite interesting and, it, and there's a lot of things, a lot of thoughts we have. Steve and I have a lot of thoughts about it. Um, also yep. the amount yep. of people as well, you know, now COVID is over so to speak. Um, is <laughs> yeah. it really over? That's the question. I mean, it felt like yeah. we, we acted like it was over yesterday and I've woken up with a sore throat this morning. So I hope it, I hope it's not what I think it is. Yep. So I met Steve's uncle and you know, your uncle actually said to me, he said that the GTS, I said, mm-hmm. what is, what is one of the, what's, what are your favorite cars that you have at the moment? And he said, oh, the GT- okay. he's, and he said it was a GTS, the Cayenne. He really loves the Cayenne. Yep. You know what I mean? So there yeah. you go. And he's had it he for a long time, right? The- well, he jumped onto the SUV sort of thing pretty early. Like, so he's a mad car guy, as we've um, sort of mentioned before. But back when the X5 was launched, 
he bought an X5 diesel and he raved about that thing. Like I drove it a couple of times, but I didn't, you know, just SUVs aren't my thing and I couldn't quite kind of get where he was kind of coming from. And then he traded that X5 diesel. I think he traded it for this GTS Cayenne. And I jumped in that once or twice and it's like, oh, wow, it sounds so good. The V8 in that thing sounds yeah. really, really, really good. Um, but yeah, like the rest of it in terms of sitting up high and all that sort of stuff, I still I still find that a bit ironic because I kind of go, everybody says that they like sitting up high, but then everyone else is sitting up high with you because everyone else is in an SUV these days. So how does that work? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think I like SUVs more now after being in Bahrain. You know what I mean? Because there's uh-huh. so many. And like a Cayenne is like probably the smallest out of all of them. You know what I mean? Like because all the American oh, okay. ones they have, that it, it doesn't yep. come across that big, the Cayenne. Um, yep. Macan's always look really small there. I mean, because you've got huge roads and then you've got, you know, other big Escalade things like that, yep. you know. Yep. Not that those sort of cars, I don't think, like the Escalade, you know, that I've been in a few times, I don't think that had any more room than a Cayenne, to be honest. I feel it's like massive, it was, isn't it? feels massive at the front, but the back seat's kind of, I felt compromised. I don't know. I still feel it's oh, compromised, really? those cars. I don't know where all the space goes, but they feel a bit compromised. I could be wrong, but that, that was just my first impressions of being in that car. Yeah. So, yeah, but he said SUV, so that, I thought that was interesting. But we'll get into that, Steve. We'll get into the, into uh-huh. the Duck and Well event shortly. I just want to go back cool. to, to the episode before we had a, a week's break. You mentioned to me yep. um, Steve had a recommendation. Uh, which he thought of on the spot because he wasn't prepared. He came up with the IK, <laughs> the IK, the IK Foam Pro Two Sprayer. Someone asked me what it was called the other day. It was the IK Foam Pro Two Sprayer Foam Lance, I guess they call it. Um, now Steve yep. recommended that. I trusted Steve's opinion and I bought it online straight away. And now you hate it. It arrived. I haven't actually used it. Um, okay. I have a weird setup so, here in my building. As you know, there's a car wash bay and, and people tend to park in it. So someone actually was parked in there the other day on Saturday mm-hmm. when I wanted to wash my car. And I can only get in one side of the car wash bay because of the way that it's situated. If I go in the mm-hmm. other side, it'll just break my car in two. My car just bends in the middle. It's a massive speed hump on that. Yeah, time. it's a massive hump, which is ridiculous. Yep. Yep. So I couldn't wash my car, so I couldn't do it. So I just had to do a quick... Um, Yep. What do they call it? Spit and lick. I did a quick spit and lick. I think my dad used to say that. A spit and lick or whatever it is. You licked your car? <laughs> I did a quick... Okay. I did Maybe a quick that's clean. why you're not feeling so no. well. <laughs> no, because on the Saturday, on the Saturday, I drove up to the Central yeah. Coast to see, see my family. Um, yeah. And then I, it was raining, of course. It wasn't supposed to rain. It rained a bit. And then I had like a bit of spray yeah. on it. So I thought, oh, you know, I'm sure everyone's got fully waxed and clean cars at, at the Duck and Whale event. So I better like just try and clean my car up a little bit. So well, I, I didn't even notice. Was everyone's car spotless there? Yeah, pretty spotless. Was it? Okay. Yeah, oh. it looked like it was a waxing day on Saturday. Everyone had been out there. Also, whatever they right. do, foaming, waxing, whatever you do <laughs> these days. <laughs> licking. <laughs> licking. I did spit and lick. Um, yeah. So I couldn't wash it yet. Back to the back to the IK Foam Pro 2, which is what the point is. If anyone's yeah. thinking, if anyone doesn't have this the situation like what Steve said, Steve uses it at his uh, parents' house parents. if he just wants to wash the car. I haven't used it, but I put the um, Adams, I got the Adams uh, stuff when it was on special, Steve, the Adams uh, foam, whatever it is, that American brand. I also bought a a car wash. Yeah. I also bought a mint one as well. And I put that in there. I don't know what the, what the breakup should have been. I just kind of looked at things on YouTube and just took a guess. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, just look up a few YouTube things and they're pretty, pretty reasonable, I think. Turned it upside down. I tried it on the wall downstairs on the concrete wall. (laughs) Um, yep. wasted some very expensive snow foam. Um, but yep. it, it seems to, it, it actually does seem to work pretty well. It seems to work pretty well. I think it's going to be good. It's a manual thing, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, for a manual thing, I think it's good. Now, even if I don't, even if it's not good enough to use on the whole car, it's, I think it's great for the wheels. I think it'll be great for the wheels, to spray in the mm, wheels. And does I'm it work pretty well? Certain, I'm pretty certain that um, you'll be able to kind of do your entire car. Like you do, you do need to work out how much detergent um, and uh, the ratio between detergent and water. But I, like I said last time, I've used, I've done it on the whole mechanic, wheels and body, and that's a bigger car than yours. And it was um, perfectly kind of fine. It depends on, it temp- depends on how kind of foamy you want to get the thing. Like obviously out of a pressure washer on a, a proper kind of lance, like I can like really kind of, but it looks like the car's, my car's literally been snowed on. Yeah. Um, you probably won't quite get that out of that IK2 thing, but it's not bad. It's not bad for the money and for the size of it. I think they've done a good job on it. They give you three little nozzle things, three different colored things that go inside. It's not actually in the outside that go try inside. With that? I just left the gray one on. The gray one is the middle in between. Yeah. I guess I'll I just try it with that. I didn't swap anything over either. Yeah, I'll try it with that. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that because I did buy it and I, try, I, mean, I had all good intentions of using it on Saturday evening to wash my car, but I couldn't. Um, but I will use it during the week one day, and I'll uh, update everyone next week how if it actually worked. But I think it's a pretty good product for the price. It's like seventy Australian dollars or something, or sixty-two on sale. Uh, so it's pretty cheap. Curious to see, like, if you start doing that, whether your kind of um, washing process takes longer now too, because everyone was sort of not taking the piss. I don't care even if they were, but wondering how come it took me so long to wash my car. This is sort of post um, ceramic coating kind of thing, but. Um, that's yeah. one of the steps in it. Like once you kind of start foaming, um, how much longer it's going to take you to wash your car. Mm. Yeah, there's a few people out there who are taking the piss at the moment in, in our Australian slang, um, but I'm not going to get into that, but we'll just leave it there. <laughs> it's steep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not even going to well, like address I'm one it. Of them, so. I'm not even going to address it. <laughs> hey, um, Patreon, let's get into Patreon because we've had some extra support this week uh, since we've been gone. Um, two new members of Patreon. Patreon is where you can support the podcast. Um, it's patreon.com slash Porsche Cooled. You do that or just search Porsche Cooled Patreon on Google. It'll come up straight away. Two new members, Steve. Evan. Evan, thanks for joining. Uh, Evan sent me a couple of messages. I'm going to get him on an owner's story uh, in the future. He has a he has a very rare car. Actually, I'm going to mention the car because he sent me a message on Patreon. He has a Vesuvio Metallic 1999 Carrera 4, Steve. Do you like Vesuvio Metallic? So a, um, a bit hit and miss. It was really that was launched on that nine nine three S, wasn't it? It was the a nine nine three. I couldn't remember which one. Yeah, and it had um, it had um, that sort of grey mirrors and like um, wheels, which is what I ripped off on my nine nine three. That's the wheel, oh, right. the wheel code I sort of lifted for my car. Um, so it's yeah, it's actually quite a nice color. It's sort of like um, it's purple, but it's not sort of super vibrant like um, 901 RS purple. It's yeah. like a lot more mauvey, grey kind of tones. Yeah. It's got deep. It sort of changes, doesn't it? Yeah. It's one of those weird colours yeah, yeah. that changes. I like it. I like the colour. I saw a yeah. um, back to Cayans because we like talking SUVs. Um, <laughs> there's a Cayenne for sale in Australia. And I think it's still there. And it looks like it's a very mm. similar colour to that Vesuvio Metallic. It's like purple colour. You've got to check it wow. out. I think if you get a, a, a car like a – sorry, it's a Cayenne. If you get a Cayenne, you know, you have to get them in those weird colours. That's why I'm a big fan Does of the – Does it look Mi- like Grimace? Big fan of the Miami blue in the in the Macan, you know. Yeah, I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Evan, thank you so much for joining uh, uh, Porsche Cool on uh, Porsche Cool on Patreon. Um, then there's Matt. 
Um, Matt, thank you again. Thank you for joining. Uh, we have chatted as well. Okay, Matt. Matt's on the search. He's on the search for a uh, GT3 RS uh, 991.1, I think, from memory, or a 991.2 GT3. I think he's in, he's in Australia, actually. Matt's in Australia, in Queensland. Oh, cool. Um, so I think he was getting a PPI on one the other day. I'm not sure what happened, but he's... Um, He's looking you know, for that, so I don't think you can lose... Was it a point 0.1? Yeah, point 0.1 GT3 RS, which you know is my favorite, and also a point 0.2 GT3, which is also one of my favorites. I have a few favorites. I don't I don't yep. hesitate in saying it, but they are on my favorites list. Yep. I think any either of those would be good, Steve, either of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can't go wrong. That's for sure. Let's just get into... Uh, let's get into... Let me just mention owner stories very quickly, and then we'll get into the main mm-hmm. uh, our main topic this week or our main chat. Hang on. Owner stories, you're not going to give it away, right? This week, I'm not going to give it away. And I can explain. Well, I've got a really, we've got a good one this week, actually. We've got another transaxle one, which is why we're going to talk about V8s and 928s a little bit in this episode as well, Steve, very briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, but number 70 of the owner stories series, can you believe it? Number 70, I can't believe I've done 70 owner stories. Wow. I've done more That's now because I've recorded them in advance. Yep. Uh, but we've got um, Witty, Witty924. Witty's real name is Al. Hi, Al. Um, but he's known as Witty924 on all his uh, social channels. Uh, Witty has a mm-hmm. podcast as well. He has a YouTube mm-hmm. channel. I suggest, I probably shouldn't have said this because now it'll, you, know, you, you won't want to listen to the podcast, but go and have a look at Witty's um, YouTube channel, uh, Witty924. He goes through his, um, his project, his 924 project. Mm-hmm. He used to work in the motor industry. He's in the UK. He's in Hampshire in the UK. Um, and he loves the story of the 924. Now, I'm not going to give it away, Steve, but he did actually say a few things in the podcast that I didn't know about the 924. And I don't know much about transaxles, you know what I mean? We're not really transaxle yeah. experts, are we? Far from it. I have no idea because I've never never looked into it, never driven one. But Witty, yeah, but if you have a look at Witty's channel uh, after we finish recording, it's um, he's got quite a good, few good videos and he goes through sort of technical side of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he started his channel, you know, his project is his 924. It's a 1984. It's in a beautiful blue. I can't remember the color off the top of my hand. Sorry, Witty. Um, It's a beautiful color. It's a two-liter, you know, the first classic front-engineered transaxle car that Porsche launched in 1975. His is is an 84, I think. 84 Porsche 924. God, I hope I got that right. Sorry if I haven't. 84 Porsche 924. Yeah, it is, 84. Uh, And he's also got, Steve, a 996 Turbo S, which has the X50, you know, power package, which is very, very cool. Very, very cool. So very he's nice. got two two Porsches. It's a really good it's a really good owner's stories. Witty is really good behind the mic because he, he does, you know, podcasts and he also does YouTube. So it was a really good conversation. We had a really good chat. So that's coming up. Um that would have been live this week, because we're recording this, Steve and I. Just for the record, Steve and I are recording this on a Monday. Uh, so we're recording it quite early for the Friday's episode. But uh Porsche Good Owner Stories is number seventy this week. So if you haven't listened to it already, um go and give it a listen on Apple. Everywhere else, um, every podcast host has it. Steve, I'm not going to ask you if you listened to it because I haven't even edited it yet, so you wouldn't have listened to it. That's my job this afternoon to edit uh, the podcast. Have you got a recommendation or not? Uh, no. <laughs> no? Uh, okay, that's okay. Can I scramble? I don't think I can this week. I'll, I'll talk about mine because mine's a book again. <clears throat> I don't think okay. I mentioned – I really hope I didn't mention this in last week's episode. I don't think so. I had a message from um, uh, Todd. Todd at Stone City Outlaw. Hi, Todd. Todd's been on owner's stories before. Todd's got the 356A. 356A, which is very close in numbers to uh, PJ in the UK, who's also got a 356A. Both been on owner's stories. Both recommended, if you haven't listened to those owner's stories too, they're really, really good. The recommendation, Todd sent me an image of two books, Steve, by Dr. B. Johnson. Have you heard of Dr. B. Johnson? 
Nope. Dr. B. Johnson, uh, Brett, I think his name is. There's one on the 911 and 912, and there's one on the 356. Uh, and they're called the 911 and 912 Porsche, A Restorer's Guide to Authenticity. Uh, oh, I volume, saw you posted this. Volume on two. Instagram, right? Yeah. Volume yeah. two. And then there's the 356 one, uh, Restorer's Guide to Authenticity, Volume four. Yep. I think they're originally, I think on the back it says they're originally printed in 1998. Obviously, they've been updated. They're a really yep. comprehensive book. I've got, the, I bought the 911, 912 one. And why did I buy it? I always buy books that I like, Steve, even mm-hmm. if I may not use them now. Um, I may use them in the future. <laughs> I can't uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm not restoring a 911 and 912, right? It's pretty obvious I'm not restoring a 911 or 912. But everyone knows that I really like the 911T and I really like the 912. And I haven't – nothing is ruled out in my books, you know what I mean? Nothing is ruled yep. out. And, and this book has all the – it has all those details and, and nuances and, and – that, that happen over time, you know, with, with the interior and little features. And, you know, I'll show you the book when you come over. Like it, it's a really, mm-hmm. you know, really, it's a good book. It's been well-researched, you know what I mean? And Todd, yeah, even right. Todd said for the 356, he said he's, you know, found things he didn't know about and things he had to find out about. It's in the book. So yeah. I think, yeah, obviously if you're restoring a 911 or a 912 or a 356, it's probably like a really good resource. And I'm sure there's other books out there as well. Um, but Todd recommended this and it's a great recommendation um, and I bought the 911, 912 one. I didn't buy the 356 one um, because I don't think I'll ever own a 356, um, but I hope to own a nine, an early crypto. long hood 911 Lotto. T or 912 crypto. Don't talk about crypto. Anyone who invests Sell in crypto you. will be very sad this morning. Is it tanked? Yeah. Um, look, Russia. I'm, I'm not into it, so I don't know. I'm oh, because of the, you know, the war and whatever, you know. Right. Macroeconomic macro factors that, you know, do stupid things maybe, to finance, yeah. Maybe that's part of his master plan, tank the um, global economy. <laughs> probably, probably. Who knows? I'm a psychopath. Who knows? <laughs> I've got a recommendation. We have, a, we have quite a few Russian listeners, listeners Steve, so, you know, be, don't say anything Be careful. <laughs> I, I can't help myself, mate. I'm grumpy. Um, what's your recommendation? I'm both the grumpy men on the balcony. Type 7 sticker. <laughs> I just found, I just remembered that mine came in the mail finally. Oh, you ordered it? Yeah. Um, I destroyed I, mine. Oh, you stuck yours on the inside, outside, we inside, under the okay. underneath the tent, and you couldn't see it. And I yeah, got it right. on so straight and so perfect, it looked beautiful on the inside. And then I went outside <laughs> the car and I couldn't see it. That was when I um, first got back from overseas, still jet lagged. Okay, yeah, I noticed that. Um, I was a little bit cynical as I am about Type Seven, um, which is basically backed by Porsche. You can sort of like from a marketing exercise point of view, you can tell it's their way of trying to kind of weasel their way into sort of more like the younger, slightly design aesthetic, culturally oriented kind of crowd. Um, uh, but I must admit, like some of the content that they post, I quite, I actually do kind of quite like because I do actually like some of the design stuff and blah, blah, blah. But I think what it's like every fourth post is car oriented, like it is a Porsche channel. And yeah. you can you can log into their website and just sort of sign up and get um, they'll send you a free sticker and I guess the value exchange is that you're giving them your details because you're they're obviously capturing your data um, but in return yes. you get a sticker which is you know I probably will never stick it on my car but I don't know why I did it. <laughs> well, um, the thing is, it's free, and they post it to you. Sorry, free. I just said that. It's yep. a free gift, right? And you know. Yep. Obviously, Type 7 is owned by Porsche, right? It's done yep. by Ted Gushu, um, who yep. used to do work for Petro- Petrolicious. Yep. Um, 
I'm guessing most people that listen know what Type 7 is, I'm guessing. Um, but I quite like their Instagram because it's a, it's a mm. mishmash of, of like their own posts where they've got photos taken around the world and then it's reposts and then it's yeah. obviously they do some Porsche, repost some Porsche posts or they do things from Porsche. I think it's quite, it's, it's well done. It's a lifestyle yeah, thing, it is. isn't it? it it's a whole, is. I do. Yeah, it yeah, encompasses I everything that you sort of enjoy and, and things that you, the similarities that I, we have in taste. I just can't help put my kind of lens of cynicism because I know that it's, it is a marketing kind of, that's the future of marketing rather than kind of running a 30 second TV spot on TV, which nobody watches anymore or whatever. Um, Does anyone watch TV anymore? I don't know. I can't remember the last time I watched free to air TV. (laughs) Free to air TV. I mean, yeah, we obviously watch streaming on TV and YouTube on TV and Netflix and all those things on TV, but you don't watch TV. Really? So this is like, the it, it's smart marketing from Porsche as opposed to some of the other kind of crap that they do. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, um, I sent you the. Uh, we'll come back to the reviews, but I sent you that link. Um, in Australia, there's a new. I mentioned it once before. I think there's a there's a site called ChromeTemple.com. Yep. It's an Australian yep. company, Chrome ChromeTemple.com. I want to talk about that other company as well that you sent me for the cars and coffee that you sent me that you I saw yesterday on the WhatsApp as well. Because um, oh. that's a new company too, ChromeTemple.com. Um, I don't know. I think they do storage. They do they sells, but they got a, they had a car on there, and I just sent it to Steve before. It's a 1988 Porsche 911 3.2 Carrera 2.7 RS back date. Uh, it's uh-huh. in silver. I quite like it. I think it looks it looks pretty cool. And I thought it looked familiar, yeah. Steve, because when I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, oh, um, Miff, who's uh, uh, Miff, who I talk to a lot about Porsches, who gave me a lift back from Waterhouse on the very first day I came back. I just happened to run into him who's a Patreon yep. member. Um, I sent it to Miff because I thought it looked like his car and he said it was actually, um, he knew that car and it was like his, um, like his orange RS. I think his RS had a different engine to this one in it. Um, what do you think of that car? Did you like it? Did you yeah, click on cool. the link? It's cool, right? Yeah, I, did, I did. It's cool. I'd seen it before because um, I, I came across Chrome Temple and that 964 that they'd previously sold, which um, I quite enjoy the interior on that. I remember I sent you um, yes. the gear knob for that. Which, yeah was very um very bespoke um but yeah this this sort of backdate thing um looks pretty cool yeah so the listeners should just go and have a look at chrometemple.com have a look at this car um what is it 993 engine no no i think i think um from memory i think myth said his car had a 993 engine in it this has got a uh no it doesn't no i don't think it has i think it's a 3.2 they kept the 3.2 carrera engine okay um, yeah, but it's done, it's done by, by Zag. Yeah, it's done by Zag Automotive in Sydney. I don't know a lot about Zag, um, but they've been around for a long time, I think from the early 2000s or something like that. But I don't know a lot about them. A long time. A long yeah. time, yeah. And I think they had donor cars and then they then they did these backdates. Um, but that one's, you know, it's 200, just so, you know, for the listeners go to the side if they're wondering how much it is, it's 279,000 Australian dollars. Um, is it worth that? Mm, I'm not sure, but it looks pretty cool, that's for sure. I just, I just like to mention is- certain cars that come up. There was a, one other car I wanted to ask you about too, and I'm sure you've probably seen mm. it, the one at Autohouse, the Turbo. Uh, which one is that? The white one. There's a white 997 Turbo oh, at Autohouse the... Hamilton. Um, uh, manual, yeah, yeah. Yep. manual Autohouse. And it's some exclusive, it's got like the exclusive manufacturer, like some old badging on it that someone's had it spec'd out. Have you seen it? It's in white. It's got white painted oh, back seats. It's got, I think it's got white calipers. It's got white paint on the, on the inside of the doors. I'm just jumping on there now. I did see it, but um, I want to. I think it's about three hundred thousand, around about three hundred k. It's three hundred. Yep. 
Yeah, have you seen it? It's a, 900. I mean, it's got the painted back seats. Like someone's gone to town on the on the options. I'm guessing they had some kind of relationship to get that exclusive sort of thing happening in 2000 and what is it, a 2007 model? It's a 997.1, right? Yep. I, I've never seen that triple tailpipe detail as well. Yeah, the tailpipe <laughs> is weird. so unusual. Yeah. Yeah. I never liked the double the double sort of overlapped one, um, but the triple one's like way over the top. <laughs> yeah, so the, the double one, explain, the, explain that tailpipe, Steve. Um, they sort of intersect, you know, like the kind of classic, you know, current day sort of tailpipe or when you've got twin tailpipes. But it was 996 Turbo, I think, was the first time that they kind of made them intersect. Like, um, But this one's got three that kind of join it, overlap um, across each other, which yeah. just looks kind of I don't. I think wacky. it looks odd. I think it's looked odd. I don't understand the little bit of white inside the door either on that little piece that you can get done in leather. There's like that little piece painted white, which looks a little bit strange too. Yeah, just okay. near the door handle. Did you see that? Yep. I mean, the white, yep. the painted back seats, I quite like the seats when they're painted on the back. I think that looks yeah, kind of cool. Um, yep. But it's a special one. It's in white. Like it's got white calipers, right? I'm not, I wasn't dreaming. Yeah, it's it definitely got yeah, it white calipers, which is very unusual. Very unusual. But it is a manual and it is a 997 Turbo, so... It's pretty cool. They're pretty rare, right? Well, Very rare. Not well, rare as in hard to, definitely hard to find a manual turbo. What's the mileage, Steve? Um, sorry, I just click. I think out. it's pretty yeah. low. Is it? Where is it? Forty-two thousand three hundred kilometers. Mm. Nothing. It's got nothing. It's been a. It's a collector's car for sure. Um, everyone, okay, let's get on to the, the big Porsche news. Everyone knows about the cargo ship, right? The Porsche, the ship that went down. <laughs> I mean, I keep seeing it. I keep seeing different. I saw some article and it referred to Matt Farah, like they actually referred to Matt Farah, which I thought was quite funny. I think that why? was because there's spiders on there? In the Daily Mail, because apparently spiders on there. Now, I just want to say one thing about this cargo ship down there. It's terrible, right? It's terrible that the crew had to, you know, swim for their lives, so to speak. This cargo ship was yep. on fire in the ocean. It's got all new Porsches. Apparently, it's got Bentleys on it. It's got Audis on it. And it's got Volkswagens on it, right? The Volkswagen so Group. So it's, yeah, all Volkswagen yep. Group. This is the problem when you can track everything. Go back 20 <laughs> years, Steve. If you didn't have this, you know, track your new car, you wouldn't know that the ship sunk. You wouldn't know that, that, that your car was on the ship. Wouldn't you yeah, feel true. better that the dealer just comes back to you and says, oh, there's been a delay at the factory. Your car's not coming for another three months. <laughs> Instead of knowing, oh, the yeah. car is like in the ocean burning Bang and the ocean. maybe we'll still get that those cars to the US and then maybe we might just do a bit of a quick, you know, clean detail on them and, and, and get them back to you so that we get the smell of the, of the smoke out of the car, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but did, did you see that thing about um, there's 991 GT2 RSs on it? So they were the very, very last of the production and they, yeah. they're going to some high-profile Brazilian customers, et cetera, so they're going to reopen the line and um, rebuild them for us. Like, oh, really? Oh, no. okay. They can do that, yeah. Oh, so this was the very last product. Yeah, no, no, what, so it's the very last, no, no, the last few cars. Two RS, yeah. Oh. So they were on that ship and they've got to, they've already sent them letters and they've gone back and said, no, no, it's cool. Like, you know, we'll, we'll get the production line going again and we'll build your car again. I didn't actually hear that update. So that so the the cars on the ship are lost, are they? They're definitely lost for good. Uh, I only saw when they just re everybody reported this ship was you know on fire and like um, basically sank. So yeah, the cars. I'm pretty sure that like <laughs> even a little bit of water in it. I don't think you want that thing anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's how long but, is it going to take Porsche to catch up with that production? Like, because it would have been new GT3s. Obviously, Matt Farah's Spider was on it. He said, you know, like, was it? Uh, yeah. I don't know how long. But, it, 
you'd be waiting months now, months. The sort of funny little thing about that, or the funny little anecdote that will kind of come out of that is that you'll be able to get, what is it, like a 2022 991 GT2 RS, even though like it should have pretty much been finished, right? Like you'll get a year model 2022. So how rare, you know, supposedly will oh, that car be? Oh, right, right. Ah, so then they've got some, they've got even something that's rarer than before. Yeah, it'll be like there'll be a handful of those. I'm assuming. Wow, interesting, interesting. Yeah, that was the big news in the week. That was like on every newspaper, like no matter what country you're in, you kept you do a search for it. I think it even came up on Bahrain newspaper as well. Like it's on everything. It's like something yeah, right. very important. <laughs> hey, um, where are we, Steve? I haven't mentioned the um, I haven't mentioned the Apple ratings and reviews. We're kind of catching up this week because we we skipped last week. So there's there's three. Um, let me read them. Let me read them while you have a drink of water. The first one is, um, and why I read out the Apple reviews is because I really appreciate, and Steve and I really appreciate how people take the time to give us a a review on Apple. Uh, Giving us a review on Apple just gets us noticed, just gets other people seeing the podcast that haven't seen it before. I've had a lot of messages from people who are only just discovering the podcast like in November or December and are making the way through the archive, Steve, like... There's a lot to listen to because there's 170 odd episodes now. So, but it's great how people I, are still finding the podcast. You know, like we still haven't even uh, saturated the market. So that's good to know. I apologize for my monotone voice. <laughs> uh, you only have to apologize to one person for that. <laughs> a what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, three Apple reviews since last episode. They're good ones. The first one is: Real Porsche fans talk Porsche for real people. I'm going to steal some of these for titles of the podcast, by the way. I think some of these, these headings are quite good. <laughs> Michael and Steve are true enthusiasts. Please note that other podcasts. Michael and Steve are true enthusiasts. They know, that, they know what they know and are not afraid to show what they don't. Their expertise, is clearly, in, their expertise <laughs> is clearly in the water-cooled generation, true, but they understand the connection to the history of the mark. The only thing better than the enthusiasm for modifying their cars is the fact that they are real people, not celebrity clowns, who are more interested in talking about how rich they, how rich they are, rudely talking over their guests and pushing their political agenda. Thank you so much for that, uh, for that review. And I kind of agree with the last bit of, of, of the review because it's, it's kind of what I'm feeling at the moment when I listen to other, some other people's podcasts where it's a little bit it, – it's changed a little bit and I'm not sure why they've changed it because it was good before. You know what I mean? And that's from ZZ24581036912, United States of America. So thank you very, very much for that. That's Steve, any comments? Any comments? No, it's very kind. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's very kind. Next one. Perfect podcast for Porsche owners and fans. I found the Porsche Cooled in November 2021 and have made my way through the full back catalog of podcasts over the last three months. To say that this is a must listen is an understatement. <clears throat> if you are a current Porsche owner or hope to be one in the future, the knowledge you can, glean, you can glean from Michael's conversations with Steve and all the other owner stories guests are absolutely invaluable. Part of the Porsche ownership experience is talking and learning about our cars. I Exactly. Every episode is like a conversation with friends at a car meet or show. Now that I've caught up the most recent recorded podcast, I can't wait for the next episode to come out. And that's from Evan. And Evan is uh, also the Evan is the same Evan that's a um, member of Patreon that I read out before, who's got the 996 in uh, Vesuvio Metallic. Is that the color? Vesuvio Metallic. Kind of Evan. So that's um, Edge Crusher 29 at USA. Thank you, Evan. Um, what else? Is there one more? Oh, there's one more. Sorry, Steve. Must listen for Porsche enthusiasts. Um, and we know who this is. Porsche Good is a must listen for all the Porsche enthusiasts. Every episode I walk away learning something new. 
whether you own a million dollar, whether you own million dollar museum cars, just bought a used Boxster or a Cayenne for five thousand, or are just starting to think about buying your first Porsche, Porsche School will be a fun, pertinent, and informative listen. Michael and Steve are great hosts who are in the tune to the auto and Porsche yes. communities around the world. It helps that both have Aussie accents and are calming voices. I think Steve's got a stronger <laughs> Aussie accent than me, though. Do I? I will. You'll never catch me doing voice. That's from Josh, who's been on. Um, <clears throat> that's from Josh, who's been on Owner Stories before from the US. So thank you, Josh. Thanks, Josh. Um, what else? We've sort of talked about the cars. Have you seen anything mm-hmm. interesting during the week, Steve? What did you asked me a question? We haven't got to the duck mm. and whale thing. We probably should get to the duck and whale thing because we're getting on on time. Um, mm. Do you want to talk about the nine nine two Carrera spec? Maybe we'll pass on that and come back to that another another time. Yeah, talk about it another time. It's cool. I didn't so, really know much about it. Yep. So on on Sunday here in Sydney, there was one of the first. Um, I guess one of the first. They didn't call it cars and coffee. They called it uh, duck and whale car meet. And there was coffee there, of course, if you could get through the queue. And it was a Clontarf Reserve here in Sydney. There was plenty of space. Um, I got there at about, I don't know, quarter to seven or something. It started at seven. It was going oh, seven wow. to well, eight. Oh, that early. I was only late. Well, I got there at quarter. Yeah, Steve got there late. But at quarter to seven, Steve, the car park was still pretty much full. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really know my way there because I'm not really big on directions to the to the northern beaches areas. Um, so I had mm-hmm. my ways on. And then all of a sudden I look behind my mirror and all of a sudden there's like two, three, five, sixes coming up behind me and then there's a white speedster and it's like, okay. <laughs> Just follow them. It's pretty obvious. Not to feel intimidated in my poor old little 997 base Carrera, but you kind of feel a little <laughs> bit intimidated, a little bit like you're not really up to speed. So anyway, I just followed them um, and we went to there and then Steve and Marco turned up. Um, when I parked my car, I met, uh, I met Stephen, uh, Stephen who's been on Owner Stories before. Uh, Stephen, who's got the 66912 being built. Um, everyone knows Stephen and his 996 oh, yeah, cab. Stephen. Yep. So I met Stephen. I didn't realise who it was when I think you introed him to myself and Marco. Sorry, Stephen. Yeah, so I met Stephen. He, uh, Stephen came up to me when I first parked, so it was good to meet up with Stephen, have a chat. Um, it's a bit distracting. It's very hard to talk at these things because there's so much going on that was so busy and there's so many cars, like cars are driving in, Steve, and you're looking and, you know, you're just like – it's really hard to keep a conversation with someone because if someone interrupts or you see a car and then you stop talking or you change topics and it's like yeah. exciting. It's, it's the excitement of the time, I think. Um, also I'll, met Paul I'll apologize well. to Who? anyone that sort of tried to come up to me and talk to me, but not that there were that many, but like I know <laughs> you were kind of introing me to a couple of people and I knew this beforehand, but the God's honest truth is like I hadn't, uh, since COVID or well before COVID, since I moved to where I'm living right now, um, I have not been around that many people before in any sort of social setting. And I have, I had zero social skills before that, but they've kind of disintegrated um, during COVID times as well. So I just found the whole thing so overwhelming. Like <laughs> I, I don't, I can barely remember some of the cars i don't think i really looked at some of the cars the way that i probably would want to kind of just you know walk up and ogle it and all of that sort of stuff just um just felt like a massive kind of blur it was busy it was busy yeah it was Um, really busy like i said i got there about quarter to seven um i met steven as soon as i got there then um marco and steve rocked up a little bit later they managed to get a park reasonably close uh with steve's uncle um so that was good and, uh, but you know, the cars there, um, the cars there were pretty amazing. I parked my car and I actually got a really good image from, from Paul who, who we met for the first time, Paul, who has the three Porsches who I've mentioned on the podcast before from Sydney. Hi, Paul. And where am I at, Steve? I've lost my train of thought. So Paul had his GT3 
had, we yeah. had a look at that. He's 996 GT3.2, Atlas Grey, really, really nice. There was a few GT3s. Yeah, Atlas. Isn't it Atlas? Was that Atlas? I thought it was black. See, no, it's like, Atlas. But don't ask me. Is it? Yeah, no, it's okay. Atlas Grey. It's not black. The whole thing was a blur. Okay. That's what I was saying really, to you when we're standing really in condition. the car. It's Atlas Grey. It's quite a rare color because there's not many in Atlas Grey in .2s. Hardly any. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. I th- and we, like, it's one of the cars that I did manage to kind of walk up to and just sort of have a look at. I, it didn't, uh, I was in such a daze, as you know, that um, it did, uh, I clocked that as a black car, not a gray one. I'm really, I'm really, every time I see a, and maybe I'm talking about top end here, but I, I think it's yeah. just through the line. I'm really impressed when I see 996s because I never thought, mm. It's not that I never thought because I know my, you know, Natasha's, my wife's boss's ex-car, he's Carrera 4. I always thought that was yep. nice inside and I've said that before. But you see yep. images of 996s online and I guess 997s as well, Steve. And they never yep. look that great. You know, in the GT3 sometimes when you see the images, you look at them and go, mm, the they don't, don't photograph well. They don't photograph well. And then, you know, no. um, Paul's GT3 is a really good example. You know, it's a really classic example. And it's, it's inter- the interior it's is nicely beautiful. Kept. Really nicely kept. Nicely kept. And as is Marco's interior, when you see Marco's turbo interior, yep. you know, it's, it's a great, it's in great condition. It's, it's got the details, you know. Um, I noticed Paul's seats had the Alcantara in the center. I, I meant to ask yep. Paul about that. I will ask him later on. Um, yep. I thought that they, the seats in the 996 GT3 come in either the fire retardant fabric or they come in leather with Alcantara inserts, do they? I don't know enough about it. I can't remember. Because the one at Auto House and I think the one that um, James at Porsche Blast was selling, I think that comes with the fire retardant fabric, right? I think. Am I getting confused? Generally the buckets. Yeah, generally like a club sport. Like I know this with the 997 um, GT3, if you ordered the club sport package and you got the lightweight buckets, it would be um, in Perlon in the fire retardant thing. I'm assuming that you could probably... Um, spec the auto with leather so i don't really know when the leather alcantara kind of thing um kind of came in it's a nice gt3 though i mean i have to say i really would like to oh. see um i'd like to see paul's uh, 996.2 gt3 steve your 997.1 gt3 and marco's turbo s together on a drive and take a photo of it i think that'd be a great great shot with those three you know what i mean yeah, the colors and everything on. it'd be a great shot don't you think yeah paul's up for it um and just kind of come along to drive like I his car was in really nice um condition and you're right like I was very surprised um when I first hopped into Marco's car because um you know I'll be honest I didn't I never really liked the design of um like a 996 interior it's one of the things that I disliked the most about it like more so than the interior but when you hop into Marco's car you don't really I, I never really sort of saw it like that. I was like oh I never thought oh yuck I can't live with with this it was just more like oh it's nowhere near as bad as I thought that it would be. Yeah. Um, and no. but I guess a well kept car, like because you know there was a car next to um, Paul's um, GT3. Sorry if I'm rubbishing somebody's car that's listening to this, but what car was it? Uh, it was a 996. And and I remember I sort of said to you, look at the difference in the condition of the plastics. Oh yes, yes, yes. And that that's like my sort of like. Um, horrible kind of perception of like 996 interiors or like where the plastic goes all that's right looks a little bit sort of cheap sort of thing but um paul's car doesn't kind of come across like that at all and nor nor does marco's yeah what i was saying before is that paul sent me an image last night he had a, he took a photo of my car 
And I park mm. next to, you know, <laughs> I always seem to park next to cars that, you know, people are just going to look over your car, you know. I parked next to that. I think it was a long hood, wasn't it? Some older air cooled. It was grey and I think it had orange stripes. Like I have to look at the photo. I can't even remember now. With the orange S in the Porsche. Yeah, sort of and that guy parked before me. So he parked and then there was another, next to me on the other side was a 996 um, in, a real, in that unique grey, another one of those unusual silvers and I parked in the middle. I didn't realise mm-hmm. at the time, I didn't even take a photo of myself, but Paul sent a photo mm-hmm. and it's actually quite a good photo because it's like these three shades of grey like you see the okay. air cooled, you see the 997 and you see my 996. Um, yep. And it's actually a really good photo because I think I joked to Marco. I said, you know, I always find the best place to spot. You know, no one's going to look at my car. And then, <laughs> you know, we looked over at Marco's car and people are already looking at the turbo. You know, the turbo like draws people in that speed yellow. People just want to look at it. And, so bright. Yeah. And I kind of feel a bit like this. And I know Marco said, you know, my car stands up in our, in our chat that we have. But huh. it's like I kind of feel like this sometimes. Like the, like. <sighs> And it's hard not to because there's so many outlaws, there's so many hot rods, there's so many, you know, this meat, just so the listeners know, Steve, there was a 911R there with the red stripe, white with the red. There's, mm-hmm. there's um, the GT3 70 years Porsche Australian edition, uh, who I met the owner of that car. Um, Stephen introduced me to the owner of that car. And I have to that say- car you was know, nicer in real life than I thought, I'm going to say. Like the yeah. colour and all that sort of stuff. Even the Tartan, which I'm not a Tartan fan, but um, even that looked better than I um, sort of thought that it would. I like. I always like the blue interior thing, but um, the way the kind of car comes together looks pretty cool. Yeah, and I think this is the problem with relying on Instagram and relying on social to make decisions. You know, mm. if you don't see it in real life, you don't really, you can't experience the 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 width of it. You can't experience the dimensions of it. You can't experience anything. And like Steve said, the color. There's a couple of things that we were surprised that day, right? And we're going to get into the GT3, as, the other GT3 as well, the Wing GT3. But uh-huh. this this 911, this is the 911 GT3 70 years Porsche Australian edition, right? And it's got the Tartan uh-huh. seats. And I've never been, a, and I've said it before, I haven't been a fan of the Tartan seats. It looks completely uh-huh. different in real life. It's a blue type leather. It's like a, it's blue, isn't it? The leather, like a bluey gray colored yeah, yeah, leather. Yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful, it's, um, it's a beautiful it, color, Steve. And then the tartan is what Steve said. It's much darker. It always comes across as this really washed out, you know, men's check shirt sort of fabric, but it, it, it's not. And then you see the color of the fish blue. The fish blue is one of those amazing Porsche colors, which just changes so much in the light. Like I walked, went past there again and had another look at it when it was locked up. And uh-huh. it's just, it's a great color. And the wheels complement it. I like the wheels. I think the only thing I will I will say, which I still don't like, I, you know, I'm not a big fan on those custom seals, and I still think the seals where they put the Australian edition thing on it and that little badge on the side, I'm still not a fan of that. <laughs> but the car itself, the badge, yeah. the badge is terrible. The badge is I think terrible. I was joking. I was joking with Marco, and it's like it looks like um, it looks like one of those things that you buy from Bunnings and stick on your letterbox. Like just the quality of that badge is so so not befitting the car. It, it isn't. It should be better. You can almost see the guy in the Porsche yeah. factory with the, the double-sided tape on the back just sticking it on, you know what I mean? It's just stuck onto yeah. that side sill. Um, yeah. So that was a real highlight. It was really good to see that car. I'm really glad that Stephen's friend brought it along and Stephen took me over there and, and introduced me as well because this guy's got um, – this, this, this gentleman has quite a few cars, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So then there was the 992 GT3. Um, there was a lot of G- – there was quite a few GT3s there. I was actually quite surprised how many GT3s and GT2 and GT3 RSs were there. Um, but the mm-hmm. GT3 in, in Shark Blue, now that's the first one I've seen. I haven't seen one in real life before. I don't know if you yep, have, same. Steve. No, I have not. I like the shape. The wing looks good in real life. 
I always hated the shark blue to the point where I was joking about it on so many episodes. I think I was wrong. I think the shark blue is actually okay. I think it looks to me, and I know Marco's like shaking his head when he's listening because he liked it and now he's saying he doesn't. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it looks like a heritage color. It has something about it that looks like a heritage color. Now, I don't know what they've based it on, Steve. I I wouldn't buy it, but I don't hate it. What did you think? Yeah, it's not, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought that it was going to be. I didn't like it in all the kind of post, you know, like when they launched the car and all that sort of stuff as the hero color. Um, in real life, it doesn't look as bad as I thought that it would, but I don't, it sort of, to me, kind of pales in comparison to, you know, Riviera or Miami Blue and stuff like that. Like Riviera and Miami, etc. feel more distinctive and that sort of tone of blue. Look, this is all very subjective. It's like of course. All discussing like whether you like a blue or not kind of thing. Um, what I really didn't, I still maintain, I really don't like about the, just the pure aesthetic of that car is the, um, the black plastic at the front, the sort of lower air intake in like that big slab of black plastic um, just looks a little bit cheap to me kind of thing. And I'm not really a big fan of the nostrils as well, but. I don't mind the nostrils. I think the nostrils look better in real life. I think the plastic is purposeful though, right? It's it's meant to be a track car, right? It's meant so that it doesn't chip or whatever in those areas, isn't it? I mean, the touring they paint, so you can get the touring it's painted. But Yeah, just it looks better kind of body colored. I think just, um, I've sort of said it before, like there's a thing at the moment where Porsche of sort of making, it feels like they're making a design element out of black plastic and I still just look at it mm. and go, oh, it's a little bit nasty, isn't it? Like It was... It was good to Even see if it. it was like um, gloss black or it feels like it should be something other than just horrible cheap black plastic, you know, like whether it's carbon or gloss black or a satin black or, yeah, you know, like in old Audi, day, old Audi days, they would have painted that, um, you know, like a metallic grey. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't look kind of finished. I guess I didn't, I don't hate it as much as you. But when I look mm-hmm. at the when I looked at the touring, obviously the GT three seventy years Porsche, which is a touring, right? You look at yep. that and it's painted and yep. it's like it looks better. It looks better. Yep. But I don't hate the GT three plastic. I kinda under, I kinda sort of see what Porsche were doing, but to me the yep. GT three touring in that part does actually it does actually look better. But it wouldn't turn yep. me off buying the car. It wouldn't stop me from buying that GT three, oh, not no, that no, I have no, that money, like, but it wouldn't I'm, stop me. I'm saying all this shit, but, you know, like, would I be complaining if I had, like, any of these cars? Like, no, no way. <laughs> I'd be very happy to So what, are, what else do we see? Exactly. So what else? Do we, so the other car we saw, and this was one of the 356s, and, uh, and when I was driving there and the 356s were coming up behind, one of them was um, John, mm-hmm. your friend from Pro Stitch, who had his 356 yep. there, uh, with a 911 yep. engine, right? It had a 911 engine in the boot. I don't know what engine is in there. I know he he literally just said to me, because um, I didn't realize that that was his car. It's funny. Um, I think it had his 911 we engine. Were, I think Marco said that. We were just looking at it. Yeah, Marco would know better than I would because I, did, I didn't actually look under the, um, I didn't look out the back kind of thing. Um, but we were sort of ogling the interior and Marco was sort of saying how nicely done it was. And then um, I bumped into John. This is John from Bro Stitch. And um, he said that was his car. I was like, oh. <laughs> Okay, we were just sort of chatting about it. I I knew he had one, but I'd never seen it because um, uh, I've only ever sort of seen his cars in um, his shop. Um, but it's beautifully done. Such a beautifully nice car. Done. It's got the red detail yeah. on the front. It's got the red sort of tartan interior. Like interior is beautiful. 
I'm pretty sure yep. Marcus said it's a 911 engine in, in, in the rear, you know. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I'll correct it next week if I was wrong. Um, but that uh, was a really, really that yep. was a really nice car. You should ask him, yeah. I mean, other standouts, yep. and I didn't realize, and was he, I'm not sure if he, the, the 930 Martini one that was parked a couple of cars down. Was that Alex Holland's car? Well, that's the one that's on, yeah, the one on Alex Holland website. Once you said that, yeah. I had a look, but there's, you can't click on it, so it's not for sale. So is that from Alex Holland? He's had it? that for a while. Yeah, last time when I went, like when I met him, um, so he to was go there, was he? His GT3, I guess so. If that was his car, yeah. Um, like I know, I know he turns up to kind of cars and coffees and stuff. Like he's a, he's a interesting kind of dude, and I know he's sort of active um, in you know sort of all these sorts of types of events and everything. It's very nice. That's the Magnus Walker, the famous one made famous by Magnus Walker, right? The Magnus Walker always talks about. Is that it? The nine thirty Martini. Famous by Martini. Yeah, no, but he always Magnus (laughs) Walker. Walker. Yeah, but Magnus Walker always makes that story about the the car in Sheffield. Isn't that the nine thirty Martini? I'm pretty sure it is. That's the one. I'm I'm not a big Magnus fan, so I don't. Yeah, I know, but there's a video on YouTube. But that's that was a nice looking car like that. Um, The Duck and Whale Boxster was there. Um, You can see some of these cars actually. Yeah, it was there. I had a good look at that. You didn't look at that. What's wrong with you? I told you I I was so kind of just. I don't know, like in a daze because um, people, cars, conversation, all that sort of stuff, you know, bumped into a couple of people that I know um, as well. And by the end of it, it was just like, um, I just, you know, so overwhelmed. It's like, oh man, I've got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, can't, I can't cope with it. The Duck and Whale Boxster was parked behind um, John at Prostitch's car on the other, other road. Yes, yeah, see, I, um, I didn't walk down that little bit. So I did a, I did a quick video on Porsche Cooled. Uh, I think uh duck and well re, reposted it um there's a few of the cars there so i walked around most of the area i didn't get your marco's car i didn't go down that road steve i stopped um didn't miss much but i was just when i was walking with the, with my phone i was actually doing a uh, an instagram live which is on my on Porsche oh, okay. good instagram you can actually have a look at it for the listeners if they want to go and have a look you'll see some of the cars there um yep. so the duck and well boxster i thought it looked pretty good um i mm. like the two-tone sort of wheel thing i would have liked to see it with like gold and black wheels though like a gold and a black wheel, but I understand the color combination that, that, that they've done. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's a great, I still think it's a great project to do something like that, you know, to take a chance and do something like that. Um, what was the so, interior like? It's quite nice. Yeah, it's quite yeah. nice. The windows were closed. It was a bit hard to see, but it was quite nice. Yep. There was a quite a lot, like I said, there was quite a lot of GT3 RSs there. Um, there was a 964 Carrera 4 there in white that Steve was quite interested in. Tell the listeners why, Steve. <laughs> I was trying to work out whether it was my old car, whether that was my first um, 911. Um, I'd been to a, I think you were there, like a order house cars order and house. coffee where um, I came across it and it was, I could tell it was my car. I can't remember how, um, but a, a previous owner at some point in time figured out, uh, got in touch with me. It probably was through order house and I did actually have a chat with somebody at like quite a few years ago, as as I have had with um, the 993 as well. But I was just trying to work out if that was my um, my first um, 964. And I think it may be because it was white with a blue interior. I swapped the head unit out. It was on cup twos. Um, it still had the flag mirrors because a lot of people um, upgrade those to the teardrops, but um, I couldn't afford it at the time, even though I wanted to. Um yeah, but um, so it, it seemed to kind of marry up with um, how I had it, but I don't know for sure. 
We stood around it for a little while, didn't we? We were sort of standing there hoping that the owner would come back so you could actually actually ask him. <laughs> if anyone's yeah. listening who knows who owns the 996 Carrera 4 and white that was there yesterday, maybe... It, yeah, 964. Maybe it's... Uh, Maybe it is Steve's old car. Maybe someone just Grand sends me a message. Yeah, it'd be interesting Grand to Prix know. Grand white blue interior. I think it was an Alpine Alpine head unit. Um, yeah. It'll have a G-pipe. I think it'll have a G-pipe on it as well. And it has Bilstein. I can't remember which spec, but it's got Bilstein um, shocks on it as well. Yeah, because Steve and I saw it way back in, must have been twenty. When I first got my car, so it must have been way back at an auto house Hamilton thing in 2017 and it was parked there, I remember you. And that yeah. day you thought it was your car as well. I don't know whether you knew for sure, but you thought it was your car that day too. Yeah, yeah, just, and I don't know, just curious for kind yeah, of time interesting to, to know. What else was there, Steve? Was there, uh, wasn't there a white the, 993, 993 RS just near that car as well? Yeah, there you was, said you see was, that quite yeah. often. That was quite nice too. That car often goes out to um, the... Uh, the Porsche New South Wales Porsche Club of New South Wales Concorde. Um, you see that kind of car roll up there quite a lot. Um, it was good to see that. They're expensive, right? Spider. What about that spider? The white spider oh, with the dark okay. red interior. The, the joy <laughs> of going. Yeah, the joy of going to these car meets, these cars and coffee is sometimes all the special cars. You know, like the not the seventy year anniversaries, <clears throat> not the um, you know the Outlaw three five sixes or the the restore, fully restored 911 T, Steve, is it? And sometimes it's just the, not the underdogs, but it's sometimes certain cars stand out. And that 718 mm. Spider that we saw. Um, was it a 718 or was it a 981? 718, new one. Was it? Yeah. Well, you're making me doubt myself now. 718, no, 718. No, 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 I'm just, I, yeah. I didn't walk to the back of it. So I'd, yeah, um, it 718. So a new 718 Spider, it was in white. Um, we always like white because of free color. <laughs> and it had the, it had the, it was a tight ass. <laughs> it had the, no, because I never sort of thought about that car in white because there's a 718 Spider for sale at, uh, that Paul sent me that's for sale in Porsche Sydney or Porsche Willoughby at the moment where they want 250. Yeah, the silver one with the silver wheels and the boxster interior. Yep. So this white one had the boxster interior. I haven't really stood next to one before. I think it's really resolved. The hump's on the back. I think it's a really, yeah, I love that great car. Porsche. Great. I think for anyone who's looking at only in Australia, not say only, but only wanting to spend a couple of hundred thousand on a new Porsche, right? It's <laughs> crazy, isn't it? That's what oh, 911s used yeah, to cost. that's insane. But if anyone wants to spend, like I think they're about 20, 230 spec on the road, even if you get a couple of specs on this Spider. This one was beautiful. And Steve and I are chatting. Steve had his back to it. And then we hear, then this noise starts up. And Steve goes, what's that? I said, that was the Spider. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, it's like mm. the sound of it, and that wasn't a standard exhaust, I guessing, but it sounded amazing. It sounds so good. And then, um, by coincidence, I was uh, walking back to the loo sort of later on in the morning, and um, the guy was leaving. So he literally turned it over as I was walking, you know, in that direction, um, and he just started to kind of tootle out. So I just said to him, "Hey, mate, like, um, that's not the standard exhaust, right?" And he said, "No, um, you know." It's got the standard center muffler, but he's done something else to the rest of it. But it just sounds so good. Like, um, best compared to even, um, like, and I know you're not sort of hearing it kind of driving, you know, in third gear at 100k, you know, down the freeway or whatever. Um, but even compared to like, um, some of the idiots in the kind of RSs and stuff, like who are yeah. kind of, you know, revving it as they're kind of leaving the car park, which is 
really weird, I've got to say. I don't know why you do that. Oil's not up to temps. It didn't sound <laughs> great. You know, like I wouldn't um, do that. That, um, that spider sounded so good, like so much character. Yeah, it did. It did. And I have to say I'm, I'm a fan. You know what I mean? It, it's, mm, it's, yeah, I am a fan of it. And I have not just from seeing it that day, but I'm now definitely a fan after I've seen it. And I think, mm. you know, white was one of those colors where I thought you wouldn't get it in white, but it had the white with the satin black wheels. Um, mm-hmm. And it had the boxster red interior, you know, the boxster proper interior, the red and black. The, actually, it's not red. It's like Bordeaux and black, right? And I thought Starker the- red, wasn't it? Yeah. And that interior, that Bordeaux, Bordeaux black interior on that, that package, it's beautiful. It really is. Mm. You know, I think you'd have to get that. Did that have lightweight buckets? I couldn't remember. It had the um, GT2 style, the folding ones, the folding buckets. It, it was a really nice looking spider. I thought it was definitely a 718, wasn't it? It was definitely a 718. I don't know. I only saw it from the front and the HUD. I'm not enough of a boffin to be able to pick the difference between. If the I two. was specking that, though, I just, if I was specking that, if anyone's out there who wants to buy a Boxster, I know there's, uh, you know, you can get that in Shark Blue. And I know there's a girl on Instagram, Arctic Mectro. She has this, the the um, Shark Blue color in it. But I would get, I reckon I would get chalk crayon with this Boxster in interior because I saw a I saw a Targa, and I might have mentioned it in a previous episode, Steve. I saw a Targa mm. on Instagram. Um, in cloud with the red and black interior. And I don't know what it is about crayon and red, but it really works well together. And I think that like Bordeaux. Red. I don't so like you red. You saw a no. Canon crayon as well that you liked. <laughs> Marco, and I, Marco and I were talking about that. I saw a, in, in um, when Natasha's parents live here in Sydney, the, um, yeah. I saw a GTS going into the driveway of someone's house and it was dirty. Uh-huh. It was dirty. So maybe that was the reason. I saw it again yesterday, actually, driving back uh, from, some, from, from there as well. And the crayon chalk in a Macan, and they were both GTSs, so I'm guessing it's the same car. Um, mm-hmm. I said to Marco that I didn't think that the Macan looked good in crayon after seeing that one, but then I followed the same car actually yesterday. I was following it out. I saw the same mm-hmm. car, GTS. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I think the Australian Sun, because I've seen that color in UK and yep. I've seen it in Bahrain, the Australian Sun does something weird with the color where it can look a little bit cream in certain lights. It's not as gray, which I don't it's know a if I like. It's a yeah. brownie gray, yeah. Yeah. But, there was um, a crayon touring yesterday, the 901.2 touring, which is um, cool as well. It's funny, I was going to say. He looked really familiar, the gentleman that owned that car. I don't know if he listens to podcasts, but I saw that car and it was beautiful. And I saw him on the way back and he looked very familiar and I didn't get to talk to him. But that was a really nice um, touring, wasn't it, Steve? Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. It's funny when you go to something like this, though, because I was going to say, like, um, maybe you hinted at it a little bit before, and I actually, so I bumped into my other mate who's got um, an identical car to mine who he bought, what, in the last year, and I was sort of texting him afterwards just sort of saying, oh, so what did you think? Um, But, you know, like when you go to a kind of uh, event like that and there's just so many kind of nice cars, like, you know, It's sort of like kid in a candy store because there's just like so many kind of nice things to look at, whether you're into air-cooled or water-cooled or you're into your kind of GT performance type things or you're into your more kind of cruisy type things that have been um, modded a little bit or whatever it is or, you know, Mint 993s and stuff. Like pretty much everything was there. Um, But how does it make you feel about your own car when you're kind of surrounded by like all of this kind of eye candy. Yeah, no. I mean, as you said, you know, you go there, you, you, you appreciate everything, right? But there's so mm-hmm. much and it's so much mm-hmm. to take in because you just, and you miss things. You know, I walked past, I walked past one car and then I had to go back and look at it again. And it was a, 
that 964 Jubilee, right? Which are quite rare as well. There was a Jubilee parked near where um, Silver. The th- yeah, the Silver one near where the 356s yeah, right. were parked. You know, there's yep. one of those there, and I thought, oh, that's a Jubilee. Like because you yep. you kind of miss things, you know. Like there's so much there. There was even a Ferrari yep. 328 GTS there, which you know really does yep. look like a Cayman size, you know. 981 Cayman size car, which is quite amazing. It's so small, and you always think of that car as being such a huge car. Um, Even that E46 BM, the M3, yes, yes. the blue one is like that's cool. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was some. There was some BMs there. There were some other cars there. There was an old Merc. There was you know. There's a few other cars. Obviously, it's mainly Porsches. Um, but I think the yeah. invitation was to whatever. Just bring what you drive, what you like to drive. Yeah. Would you like to drive yet? Yeah. yeah, but you're right though, Steve. I don't know if we have enough time to get in fully in this episode. Maybe we should continue that again next week and just and just right. follow on, don't you think? Because I think we I think we we can't really go into that too much this well, week. I what can, do you think? I'll, I can tell you just a little bit, like the quick conversation I was having with my mate, and I, it might kind of come out the wrong way. It might sort of sound um, I don't know how it's going to sound, but I can genuinely say, like after kind of going to that. Um, I know I'm in a good spot because I kind of go, oh, you know what? I really like that car. I'm quite, I'm quite car content. Like going to something like that when there's, you know, like a whole bunch of very rare cars or very, you know, fast cars or very unique cars and all of that sort of stuff. Like I kind of come away with it and go, and my mate sort of said the same thing. It's like, oh, as much as I wouldn't be complaining about like any of the newer sort of GT3s or anything like that or some of the really old, uh, old kind of air-cooled things. Um, I just sort of came away from it going, oh, yeah, it's, it's really cool to kind of see it all, but um, it makes me, it compounds in my brain the fact that I quite like my car and I'm quite happy with it. And it's like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's you a good know, spot to be. It is because both your and Marco's car are great cars, you know, and I, I kind of yeah. had a little bit mixed feelings when I was there, you know, and it yeah. kind of changed when I saw the image that, Paul sent me and I kind of when Marco sort of said you know your your my cars and my 997.1 Carrera holds up and yeah, I guess yeah, you know I guess I can touch on touch on this a bit Steve but it's like what I said to you before sure. you know like you and I talk every Friday mostly every Friday we're, we're pretty much yeah. you know over the last couple of years we haven't really missed that many episodes we've had a couple of weeks off here and there so every ep- every week yeah. you know we're going to we're going to come across the same things all the time because every episode in essence is is like you and me having an owner's story every week because that's what we're doing. We're just talking about our passion. We're just talking about things, you know, mm-hmm. and there's always a lot of cars. Well, f- for me, there's always a lot of cars in my head that are going around and around yep. in circles, you yep. know. And, you know, the whole thing about Porsche I and mean, the thing about I like about Porsche and the thing about I like about with owner stories is talking to people about the obstacles along the way, you know, mm-hmm. the things that that just stop you from pushing the button or stop you or make you wait or, you know, make you think uh-huh. twice or whatever. You know, it could be property, you want to buy property, or it could be that you've got family, you've got kids, for all the things, you know what I mean? Or it could be you don't have the garage space, as simple, or, or you just don't want to, you know, not very often it's not people not wanting to take the risk and spending the money. It's usually the other other things, you know what I mean? It's not, uh-huh. I don't think it's the risk side of it. I think it's all the other things in, in life. But, you know, it it doesn't it doesn't matter if you, you know, what am I trying to say? It doesn't matter. You know, it's just appreciating what's so great about our situation. And you don't talk to all the other owners, but you listen to my situation is that I don't buy a new car every week. You know what I mean? I'm not talking (laughs) about buying a new 911 every week. We're not YouTubers that do that, but it's about appreciating what other owners, you know, friends, listeners, you know, when they buy something, 
you know what I mean, in the community. And that's what, and that's what it's all about. It's about that appreciation. And we appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like it was exciting that's when so you exciting. told me Marco was getting his turbo, you know, and I hadn't even met Marco. Well, it's exciting. I think you when, live vicariously through other people because when you know that they're kind of on like that little particular experience kind of thing, like the night before picking up their a 911 that they've never had before or yeah. somebody kind of discovering how good, like, you know, when you switch out the exhaust on a 993 or whatever is, um, for me, it just sort of makes you sort of semi relive some of those little things that you kind of go through. It's like, yeah, yeah. Um, how, um, how much joy weirdly that kind of brings you when it does, um, you do it for yourself. But then when you kind of see somebody else kind of contemplating it or literally kind of going through it, it's like, oh yeah, that was quite fun. Yeah. And, you know, as Steve said, you know, going to these, going to those meets, you know, like it's hard, it's, it's hard because you keep, you know, I'll add another card to the mix. And I said this to you and Marco yesterday, I'm really keen on the, on the 991.1 or 0.2 turbo. Right. And I liked it when I saw it in Bahrain, it's parked in the car, in the car park in Bahrain, the apartment in Bahrain, the guy has got a white one. It's not a turbo S, it's a turbo. Mm -hmm. Then I found a, uh, then I found a um, Chris Harris video and he was doing the 991.2 review. Right, he was doing a point two nine nine one turbo to point two review, and he says, you know, you don't really need the S. He said, don't get the turbo S. You don't really need it. A turbo is all you need. He said, but, and this was for the nine nine one point two. He said, don't worry about getting the the base Carrera, the the turbo super light. Don't worry about getting the Carrera S, the turbo light, because they're all turbos, right? He said, get the real turbo. Yep. Just get the turbo, because that this is the pick. This yep. car is the pick. He said, I know it's a little bit yep. more money, but the difference between a, a Carrera S in the UK and a turbo wasn't that much. He said, this is the one. Um, and I think, you know, the more and more videos you, you watch out. You mean a 992 versus a 991 turbo? No, no, 991.1 to a 991.2. Right, okay, yep. He's talking about, this was a 991.2 review, 991.2 yep. turbo review. Yep. He was just saying that since yep. they all changed over to turbo, all the nine, all the 911s yep. with the 0.2, that you wouldn't yep. bother getting a Carrera S. You should just get the real turbo, the full turbo, which is the turbo. Don't worry about getting the turbo lights or whatever. You haven't seen that video? Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind I'm of sure makes sense. And it kind yeah. of makes sense. And he really liked it. He thought it was really good. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're buying one of those, it's expensive. So I like the turbo. I think the turbo is, is a good, the 901 turbo, even though it is PDK, is a good all-rounder. You know, it's a comfortable car. You know what I mean? Maybe it's a good all-rounder. That's something that I that I put into my mix. And I know a lot of people mm-hmm. say I've got so many cars in my mix, but this is just how I work. And that's in the mix as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, things aren't so easy, are they? It's not always easy to get a, get what you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, like, I mean, these days I know even back, you know, even if I wind the clock back, the commitment and everything like to kind of, you know, plunge into Porsche ownership, you know, 25 years ago was not small, but I keep saying it. I still feel like it's a fairly kind of significant thing these days because there's so much money. Like it really is so much money. And not even just the money to purchase. I think the money to kind of upkeep and, you know, to tinker and all that kind of stuff. Like um, the, it's uh, not a cheap exercise. Well, it comes to the balancing act and, you know, Natasha and I have been speaking about this, you know, over the last mm-hmm. week, you know, it's, do you, you know, how good is the 997 and do you keep it? You know what I mean? Is mm-hmm. it the perfect, perfect in-between car between modern and classic, you know? Forget about the IMS issues. Forget about mm-hmm. all that stuff because every 911 has some issue. You know what I mean? Over the years, every 911 has yep. got something wrong with it that goes wrong that people are worried about and then there's some, over the years and another 10 years' time, people forget about it. So 
Yep. You know, what is the balance? It's about getting that perfect balance, Steve. Now, I don't think you have the perfect balance with your GT3 and the Macan, even though it's your wife's car and, and it's used for a purpose. For you, that's not like your perfect mm. balance of Porsches, right? And it's not easy to work it out when you're on a budget. We're not wealthy. You know, some of us have got a few more dollars than others, but we're not wealthy. I'm, I'm not fan on financing, as you know. I don't like to – I don't want to finance anymore, um, which makes mm. things even different. But, you know – for example, you know, I sell my 997 Carrera. Say I trade it in, you know, or I yep. sell it privately. Say if I can get maximum yep. dollars for it, maximum dollars. If I wanted to get a, a 901 Turbo, for example, I'm still going to need another 160-odd thousand Australian dollars. Now, yep. that's a big changeover. You know what I mean? The gap, the gap is getting bigger, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. You're laughing, don't you think? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm laughing because it is. Like, you know, I don't even though I sort of feel like I've been flippant in my, you know, previous life car history sort of thing, you know, up until this, I remember the sort of numbers in terms of changeover where I kind of thought that I was kidding myself, like given my circumstance, like my earning capacity and my lifestyle and all of that sort of stuff. Like um, I, I could not fathom uh, plowing 160 changeover, but like the God's honest truth is that I know you got to factor in inflation and all of that sort of stuff. Yes. So times have changed. It's just that I'm an old man and I live in the past. So I just, um, uh, you know, like it's just the going rate these days, I suppose, you know, like I don't, I, I just don't think you can kind of do it without sort of, you know, sort of spending sort of relatively big money. So that, that then obviously means that it's a big, it's a big decision kind of thing. But the thing is, you know, I, I I think it's come around in the last couple of days that, on you know, oh. and my wife agrees with this as well. This is her suggestion that we keep the 997, that I keep the 997 uh -huh. and get something else in addition to. Uh -huh. Now, is that a Macan? So you've got a practical city car. Is it a Cayenne? Or do you like, you know, but you're still looking, even in Australia, you're still looking at maybe you could get a diesel Cayenne for 50K. You could get a Macan for like 70, 80K, maybe, maybe uh -huh. a bit more. Uh -huh. Um you know, or do you look at like a, a Boxster and they're becoming very thin on the ground? There's not many. There's, I think there's a Boxster mm -hmm. S for sale in Victoria at the moment in grey for 41,000, 100,000 kilometres. 40, 41,000 mm -hmm. would have got you a, a very low mileage example a year ago for that same price, probably less. So they're going up. Mm -hmm. So do you buy a Boxster? You know what I mean? But then, you know, mm -hmm. does the Boxster give you everything you want? So you have a 997, you have a Boxster. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a tricky one. Or do you just wait do you wait and do you get, say, a long hood? Do you import a 912? Do you spend the money, 130? You know, and importing a 912 now, a reasonable one is going to, is, you're going to be into the $130,000 mark here in Australia, without a doubt. And then you've got uh -huh. to do the work on it when it comes. Uh -huh. So maybe you're at 150. So then you're uh -huh. at the same changeover point as, say, if you wanted to change from my 997 to a GTS or my 997 to a 996.2 uh, GT3 or my 997 to uh -huh. a Turbo. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So do you want to have the one car that is comfortable and is compromised in some ways because it's not because it's PDK, but it's, it's not compromised, but it's not as raw because it's newer, right? Yep. You yep. see where I'm getting at? Or do you like keep the car you have, the 997, which still has the rawness, which still has the analog feel, which still has all those things you like in a 911 yep. and then get something else that is, I guess, older 
or about the same age. It, it's not easy to work out. It's, it's a really difficult balancing act. If there's anyone that's listening who thinks it's easy and it's just just done, this is why we, we keep talking about it on the podcast because it's not easy. And most of the listeners who listen to this podcast, yeah, most of the listeners who listen to this podcast go through the same dilemma. I've spoken to enough owners now and enough people on Instagram to know that everyone has this, you know. Yep. It's really going to be about your end usage, um, like uh, being sort of as realistic about how you're going to use if it winds up being one car or two cars with the 997 and stuff, like how are you literally going to come drive these things in all honesty? Not not what would you necessarily like to do with it. That's the other but point. How yeah. do you really think you're going to wind up using it? Yeah. Because I think it's very different if you kind of go, hey, I really want to kind of, you know, um, drive Great Ocean Road and all of that sort of stuff versus the reality of if you wind up not being around enough to kind of do those sorts of things. Um I reckon that's a starting point. You've got to work out. Yeah, but it's also like um, even for you, Steve, if you picked up a spider because you like a spider, right? You pick up the new mm-hmm. four-liter spider. You've got your GT3. Yeah, you've got the Macan Turbo. You've got the Macan Turbo. You've got yeah. three cars. You know, are you going to get enough use out of those three cars? You know, is it, <laughs> yeah. is it going to be enough? You know what I mean? Is it, is it, it's hard to make it. Not that it's not worthwhile because everyone wants a Porsche collection, but you can only drive so much in a week. Hmm. Yeah, I don't true. Know. Yeah, there's some, been in that it's situation. funny because um, Mark and I are laughing about there was a car there that had I can't remember what it was, but it was super low miles. And it's like, man, how do you how do you keep the K's down on a car that much? And the only way you can do that is by having like ten cars in your garage. Because yes. even with me with my um, GT3, like I know I did, it was my only car for quite a few years. Um, now it's not, so it gets driven maybe once or twice a week. Um, you know, where I live means that wherever I go is a reasonable kind of trip. It's not like I don't live in the inner city, which I used to do, which would have been like a five, you know, five minute trip to something like now, if I drive somewhere, it at least winds up being sort of, you know, 20, 30 minutes, yeah. um, which is kind of good, but like, it's very easy for me to rack up, you know, like, you know, even, even as a occasion car, really easy for me to rack up, like, you know, call it 8,000 K a year. Um, so I can't quite fathom how, you know, some like say comparable kind of GT3s like have 40,000 kind of K on it. Cause like, I'd be able to do that easily in like five years of ownership. Um, yeah. I mean, I've done, I've done over, I think I've done two and a half thousand kilometers since I've been here and I haven't really been on, it's sort of clocked up very quickly. That's probably what I've done in the year over the past few years. Yeah, and, and you would have driven in, up the coast to see your family a couple of times. I've done it in three yeah. months. Yeah, I've done it in three yeah. months. So that's crazy. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. You know, after seeing so many cars in one spot, so many Porsches, you know, together, it kind of helps you and then it kind of can frustrate you at the same time. I mean, it helps you that you actually, when you're next to a car, it doesn't, nothing can take that away, that experience when you stand next to it and see it. Like seeing how small the 964 Carrera 4 was. You know what I mean? Like mm. seeing how small some of the cars are now. So you know, narrow. And how yep. wide the new ones are, like the new 991.2 Targas and seeing the turbo, you know, the turbo in real life, the turbos, the two turbos over there, the 991 turbos, you know, they're big cars, you know, they look like yep. expensive cars. So I do notice that the newer cars, I, I think the quality, you really do see it in 991s. And I n- never thought about it too much before, Steve, um, mm. but it does, they look expensive. You know what I mean? They really do look more expensive than the 997 i have to say the quality of materials and i guess the 992 yeah, is a I step up again 
Yeah. Because it's, it's more of, modern. Yeah. But I think the bit that you can't necessarily predict, I know we're in some weird kind of luxury good bubble at the moment, but whenever that does burst, it's really hard to say like in 20 years time, how you're going to look back at, you know, like any of these sort of new age cars to sort of see if it really will be as timeless as, um, you know, yeah. um, as maybe, you know, the way that we kind of, you know, look back at a, a, a 70s car or, or whatever else, you know, like it's weird. I was listening to Spike's recent podcast and he had the Tesla head designer on there. Right. Um, like I'm not a Tesla fan. I don't like the way that the cars look. I know that probably goes against popular opinion. I don't think there's anything that special about the kind of car design. And he was sort of saying how, you know, he's sort of designed like a, a very timeless car and the Model S. And I was like, there's nothing timeless about that. Like in 20 years time, like I'm not going to look back at that thing and kind of go, that's an iconic car. No way. Like um, uh, yeah. you've got much more of a chance with the 911 for sure, but yeah. definitely not with a, with a Model S. I want to know, I want to know why Tesla all of a sudden did change their main screen in their cars from portrait to landscape what made them oh, do that because the new ones are all coming out landscape they're not they're not portrait oh, anymore a, yeah right so i don't no know idea. maybe he feels like he's the he's the volkswagen of the future you know like the beetle he's like the beetle the car for the the car for the yeah, people yeah which the car I know for the people an, yeah for sure like there's an argument sort of saying that because they're right on the kind of forefront of evs sort of thing but i'm and I, i'm talking more from a like I've not been in a Tesla, so I'm talking out my bum again. Like I'm sure that the whole experience in terms of the software and the interface and all of that sort of stuff is truly kind of groundbreaking. Yeah. I'm just talking purely like the shape of the car itself. Like I look at the car and I still kind of go, looks like a Mazda. Like doesn't look that, mm, you know. The front of the Model 3s not... is, is a bit weird. <clears throat> I see a lot of them yeah. in Sydney, but I think they're a little bit soft at the front. I don't mind yeah. them. I, th I think they suit a purpose and they suit certain people. And, sure. you know, I think the Model Y is probably better out of that Tesla range when it eventually gets launched, when they eventually can make them. But, you know, but back to the Porsche yeah. thing, Steve. Um, yeah. You know, we always think of this question, and, and I think you you said to me it was a video I did on, on my YouTube channel, I can't remember, about being Porscheless, as I, as I termed it or called it. Um, mm -hmm. Is it really that bad? You know what I mean? Well, I think it is. You know what I mean? And I, I think yeah, it, it is, is for me because I know I know being away from my car for so long, even though yesterday I had one of those days where it was good going in the morning, but I had to drive a few other times during the day. And by the end of the day, I just, I didn't want to drive anymore because the traffic was heavy yesterday. And it was one of those, I know it was summer's yep. out and I'm probably complaining, but it could have been worse. Like I couldn't, I could have been somewhere else in the world and not being able to drive the car at all, which, you know, I, yep. I remember those times in Bahrain sitting there or in London thinking, oh, I just want to go out for a drive. I just want to go downstairs and get the car and go for a drive. So which would be Being, really frustrating, right? Yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. But, you know, I think yeah. it would be more frustrated if you didn't own yeah. a 911 or you got rid of your 911 because, you know, in three years' time I want to buy a 991 Turbo or I want to buy a Long Hood. So I'm going to sell my car now and, and I'm going to save for the next three years. I'm going to save $10,000 a month and then I'm going to buy that car in three years' time. I think that is more would be more frustrating and I don't think I could do it. And it's that's what makes not, the buying process difficult at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I've only done it, like I had my 964 and I traded that for my 993, so I was never Porscheless then. I sold my 993 and sat on it for a couple of months because I knew that I wanted the GT3, so then I had to kind of wait. And I think, I can't remember how much time it was. 
you know, this is a bit first world problem type thing, but yeah. it was probably what, like about four or five months, I think. I can't remember exactly. Um, and it wasn't that fun. Like as a proper kind of car enthusiast um, where like, you know, every every week you kind of look forward to kind of jumping in the thing and driving it or, you know, giving it a wash or doing some stupid thing like sticking a sticker on it or messing with the exhaust or whatever it is to not have it there at the time was, I do remember it sort of being not, um, not much fun or a little bit kind of empty sort of thing. And I, even then I had the benefit of, I think um, predominantly I was, I borrowed my mum's car. So I was, whilst I was be- between Porsches, I had uh, a C63. <laughs> Life's hard, mate. To Life's of, hard. To, yeah. So and exactly. <laughs> it's like first world problems, but like it just the, the notion of kind of being Porscheless, even then, like, still having a C63 to kind of, you know, have a little bit of fun in or whatever else, um, there's still nothing like it. There isn't, there's still nothing like sort of um, having a, a Porsche or a 911 or whatever to kind of, you know, sort of um, keep you occupied and sort of keep you kind of going. Yeah. I I, I recognise completely that that sounds super spoilt and very entitled or whatever else, but, um, you know. <laughs> no, but you already, when you already own a 911 or you already own a Porsche, I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard because you have to make the decision in your mind whether you're willing to give up your current Porsche or your current 911 mm-hmm. and wait for something else. Are you willing to do I'm that? So, I think I've and said I know that in my too. mind at the moment, I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to give up the 997 to do that. So what's the yeah, option? Get something I've said else that to you because cheaper. I remember you were you were in Bahrain, sort of pondering whether or not you should just sort of sell the thing because you felt like um, it was just sort of sitting there and you like nothing was happening to it, sort of I'm thing. I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, and I think I remember sort of sort of counselling you like many times, kind of going, "Oh, <laughs> mate, I, if I was you, I wouldn't do it because unless you really need the money, sort of thing, um, it's just not particular." Like, I think the problem is that once you've done it, like once you've kind of gotten into a 911, if you then back out of it and you don't have one, that's really hard. Yes. If you've never had one, then no problem because you don't really know what you're missing out on. Yep. But once you've experienced and you're in it, like it's really, really hard to kind of go back. Yep. That's a good way to end the podcast. I just want to go back to, to the final question that everyone's been asking. Have mm. you changed your exhaust? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm waiting to go on one more kind of good drive um, with you guys or by myself if I have to kind of thing. But I've been living with the Acra for, what, it's probably been maybe a month now? Yeah. And I think it might be too sedate. I think I need to kind of go back to the loud one. Like if I have to choose between the two, like one that's a fraction too loud and one that's too quiet, I think the better one would be to be too loud. Right, right. So you got to change it out. It, well, again, it goes back to usage. I think it's just because, like, I haven't been on a fun drive, you know, like I'm um, with you guys in a bit. And, like, the drives that I have done, I've gone to see my parents, which is sort of like a 30-minute drive, you know, kind of through Sydney or 40-minute drive through Sydney, sorry. But you can't really kind of get the car going unless you want to, you know, start breaking a few kind of um, rules here and there. Um so I think when I've got the louder exhaust, it gives me some of the excitement and some of the occasion and all that sort of stuff, right. which um, I'm not getting with the Acra, um, just or not enough of it. So mm. I'm missing it. I am missing the loud exhaust. Fair enough. Makes sense. I, I meant to tell you I'm actually on this week's owner stories um, mm. with Al, Witty924, 
on his yep. 924, he, he sourced, because um, I asked him about the sound of his car, um, yep. and he managed to source an unused Jan speed silencer in yep. middle section. So it's got that, yep. and he said it's fantastic. It's like that full, he, rec- he calls it the sound of the 80s. Like it just, it's just the perfect oh, okay. fit for the 924, the yeah, Jan yep. speed. Jan speed rear yep. silencer. Some guy bought one for, I think, for his 924, didn't fit it. So then um, Al yeah, right. found it and put it on his. So uh, I'm sure it sounds really, really cool. Uh, even just hearing that um, spider that we just talked about, hearing that yeah. kind of start off and kind of move off and everything, that was, it's pretty loud. It's quite leery. Um, but it was but even hearing too that, loud. I didn't think it was too loud because he was revving uh, it up that guy at first. Yeah, but even when he sort of pulled out of the car park, it's pretty, I know that probably would have been a cold start, so it was a bit more raucous maybe, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe I'm just a child at heart and I just kind of go, oh, yeah. Change it. Change it, mate. <laughs> maybe go for a drive the and then, thing. Yep. Take a drive and then you can you can change it. It's a quick change. It's only going to cost me 110 bucks to swap it back. So <laughs> that's, that's nothing. You know, that's like you know, one that. takeaway meal. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Depending on what you're eating. All right, mate. Let's go. Cool. Um, good to be back. Good to be back. Yeah. Sorry about last week. Um, I'm sorry as well to everyone. I could have done <laughs> it, but I didn't. I didn't have an owner's stories actually because I had to. Um, I actually didn't have an owner's stories for last week either because I actually had to cancel someone because something something came up and then I couldn't reschedule. So then it was sort of all over all over the place. Yeah. Right. All right, mate. Have a good day. Let's cool. go. All good. Yeah, you too. Cheers, mate. All right. See ya. All right, everyone, uh, that's Steve coming in from Sydney, same as me. Um, My name is Michael Bath, and that's it for today. Thanks for listening to the Porsche Cool Podcast. Bye for now.